right, y'all. Welcome up. Welcome up. Give me just a minute. Apologize for the delay. I've been sitting here for the past 10 minutes trying to get the old phone to charge up and get started, and it should here in a bit. So I'm going to just kick it off on the new phone with this space, and we'll start it off small, and here in a few minutes, I'll jump over to the other one on the Kaleo account, bring it up, but... Um, if you're in the audience, literally, if you're anybody that is listening right now, you should come up on stage, especially when it's a smaller group, just better vibes that way. You can even step, step down in a few minutes, whenever we get, uh, we get the Kaleo account up here. Um, but what's going on, Rooster? How's it been, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, Enjoying the morning, got a little bit of a cold front through last night, so it's actually like, I think it hit like 60 degrees last night on the way home, cruising with the windows down, it was awesome, uh, and then I got uh, Panda Poker starting in about 25 minutes uh, to win some of their board ape raffle tickets, so really? that'll be fun, oh, yeah. yeah. And I did win uh, a panda poker the other day. Now waiting for the point two ETH uh, payout. So that was pretty cool. There we go. That's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, so it was the entry just owning a panda, and that's it. Yeah, it's a yeah free to play. Um, holders get access first, but then they've been having a, a ton of issues with people multi accounting, creating bots. Um, and it was because we were using Poker Now, but then they actually just released their Poker platform, uh, which I got to test out the other day, and that's what we're going to be running the tournament on today. Love it, man. Love it. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited to hear how this one turns out. Is it the same payout with it, or is it winning another panda, or is it just winning another raffle like for the uh, for the ape they have there. So I think their, uh, first out. place gets three tickets, second two, and third place one ticket for the raffle. That's awesome, man. So I mean, basically, you know, it counts you in because the other way that they're doing it is uh, the mint, right? Right. So the way so they bought the ape, and then if you own a panda, that's currently one ticket. If you mint a panda, you get three tickets per minute and then you can also win in poker oh, that's not bad man that's not bad so let's see who else we got wonky friend up here what's going on man by the way anybody else uh, before we uh before i bring up the cleo account we get get a few more people on i kind of like to set the stage a little bit with just a smaller vibe um smaller crew up here and then bring on before we double triple quadruple the size of the listeners so if anybody wants to come up on stage lower pressure right now you've never done it before go ahead and request and we'll get you up here uh wonky friend what's going on hello man how you doing i can't complain sir how about yourself yeah i think i might have corona it's at least it feels like it but apart from that i'm feeling pretty good so apart from having COVID, you're feeling pretty decent. So uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what all symptoms do you have right now? Can you smell, taste, like, or are we far enough down yeah. to the strains that all of that has gone gone by the wayside? Yeah, I can still taste. I just have 
like I have a cold, but I don't know why I'm at vacation. I'm in, uh, in, in, in Turkey right now. So it's pretty hot. So I don't know why I, how I am ca caught a cold. So I think it's Corona. Hey, I didn't so, do a test, but I guess it is. So how strict, like, if you do have it and you're on vacation right now, what does that look like as far as the process of getting home? Are you are you just stuck right now? Is that pretty pretty difficult? Like, what does that look like? No, I'm actually pretty lucky. I still have more than two weeks before I go back. So even if I have it, it should be over in two weeks and then um there should be no problem i hope at least or out there could be major problems because i need to start working uh mm -hmm. after two weeks so let's see let's see one one last question is a completely ignorant american what is there to do for vacation in turkey you know i see like um I see a decent amount about <laughs> like you know i i guess Istanbul, like yeah, I, I'm trying to. Are, are there beaches? What are what are the main attractions in Turkey, bro? I'm so clueless. Oh, <laughs> man! Like, where do I start? Like, you can do anything, almost. Like, you can, of course, of course, there are beaches, there are tourist attractions, a lot of history, um, and especially the food. I think you heard about the food here. It's pretty popular all around the world. Like, maybe you know that salt guy. That's pretty salt on the steak. Um, he's also from Turkey. I think he's called Salt Bay. And else you can even go skiing. There are like skiing places. Turkey is not known for that, but that's also a possibility. So there are many things to do. And also it's very cheap for Europeans, Americans, because the um, currency thing just is in favor of tourists, tourists right now. That's why it's pretty full. At the moment, ten four. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead, bring up the, bring on the other account. I think my phone is all right. If there's an echo, I'm gonna stay muted for a second while I do this. I always do some type of like weird reverb with the audio, so I apologize in advance, but we do it. I'm gonna get this figured out. Just a second. <laughs> Done. I think we're good. Okay, I'm still going to talk from this phone for a minute because I'm afraid the other one is going to die on me at any point in time. But, um, yeah, no, it's good to have you guys back up here. I apologize for how late we're doing this one. but So we're really going to do two this week. We're going to do episode 22 and then 23, which 23 I'll actually – man, it, it's crazy. I, I've had a trip every single weekend um, since the end of June and I've got another one coming up this weekend, but the one this weekend that I've got coming up, I'm not leaving until a little later on Friday, I think like until 1 PM. So I've got, I can sneak it in right before I end up taking off and hitting the road. Thankfully it's one of those where everybody else has jobs and they're not going to be able to make it out until later in the evening. So I, uh, I'm flexible. I can do whatever and, you know, won't have to drive until later in the afternoon because they're lame and couldn't take Friday off. Uh, but anyway, we're back. We're back again for another episode. Week number 22. It's been crazy. 
coming up, which crazy to think about, you know, obviously wonky songs have been along around a lot longer than half a year now, but it's coming up on six months of these spaces, which is really, really cool. It's been fun to watch the progression of everything fun to watch that come up. So appreciate all you guys that have listened, all the people that have been around from the beginning and all the people that have, you know, started to trickle in and find out about us recently also. Um, you know, like Rooster's one of our mainstays. I appreciate having him up here, man. Like I, uh, you know, him, you know, we've got eighties as another mainstay, which I actually just heard from eighties the other day. I don't know if y'all did it or not. He, uh, he DM me and he said he's thriving in Peru. Um, he's going to extend the trip a little bit longer, which I love for him. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, I, I, I'm just excited for him getting to recharge, come back and, you know, see what's going on past then. But, you know, catch me up. Did I miss anything this line? I, I was pretty out of pocket rooster or anybody else that's up here. Did I miss anything this past weekend as far as movement in the NFT space? Um, I, Honestly, I don't really think so. I think it was a pretty tame, uh, boring weekend. Granted, I wasn't watching, you know, terribly closely as well. I was a little busy this weekend, but um, yeah, I don't think anything major development has happened except for uh, the Easy Twitter got hacked this morning. So, um, I mean, everyone has tweeted, you know, not to mint and everything. So just be wary of that. Most projects will not be doing a surprise mint or a stealth mint, especially if they're building whitelist spots. Um, so yeah, just stay aware, keep in, you know, be observant, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, I saw that, man. Okay, dude, this this will tell you how ignorant I am and how much more reading I need to do on PA, especially after entering with those two generous, I mean, Genesis PAs over the last couple of weeks is what is the affiliation of Izu with Psychedelics Anonymous? Is it their metaverse type of play or is it something that's completely separate? It just has some synergies. It's separate, but it's their sister project. So, I mean, they haven't released a bunch of information about it, but it is affiliated. Um, it is their sister project. Uh, they're going for a completely different art vibe. I don't know if you saw any of the sneak peeks of it. Um, you know, some people like it, some people won't. But yeah, they haven't released too much information, but it is their sister project. 10-4, man. So, sister probably Dude, I hate hearing that stuff because it really has been recently. There have been a lot of... I feel like compromises across the NFT space more specifically, as far as any type of mints and that type of stuff are concerned, you know, like we saw keyboard monkeys account compromised recently. And I know he straddles both spaces, but he really made his name more so on the NFT side of things. And I, I know there are several other high profile accounts. They've slowly get, gone down the list of it. And it just kind of is one of those things that baffles me that, you know, we're continued to see this. And the sad thing is it's like, you know, with the easy whitelist, for instance, you know, there were there have been clear cut announcements that Mint's not coming for a while. Clear signs that what they posted on there, because I did see that earlier, the easy thing, you know, they posted something about how, you know, it was a free mint for whatever for the private and then, you know, 0.08 for the public mint. 
which that just doesn't make sense. That doesn't line up with anything that they'd communicated previously about that. So like anybody that takes that bait and follows through with that, you know, they're doing something that, uh, I mean, they're just not using their brain. Like it's unfortunate that it's happening, but we've seen enough of a trend of this happening recently that I think the average consumer, the average investor um, just needs to be a little bit more cautious entering into a lot of these things as well. Right. No. Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, it's not like any of these are the first time, you know, we're seeing any of this happen, right? Like it's almost common space and, you know, especially there is one thing I forgot. There was um, a project that minted over the weekend called sea Raiders and it was a wallet drain. Um, and it was pretty easy to tell if you just, clicked over on the meta or on the you know where you interact with the contract you would see that it was a set approval for all of your nfts and people just won't make the extra steps to check that before you know blindly minting a stealth drop free mint or whatever it is because i it, as sad as it is it is commonplace um for there to be scams pretty much every single day now no, I mean, it's every single day. And, you know, it's died down slightly, right? Because there has been, you know, and, and I feel like that's one thing as far as news recently in the market is keeping track of it and, you know, looking through OpenSea, you can see not just a degradation of volume, um, but, you know, there have been, you know, we kind of, I feel like had a little bit of a surge in some blue chips um, earlier in July. And, I feel like that's kind of unwinding a little bit. I don't want to say fully. I don't even know if unwinding is the right word, but it feels like a little bit more fear is slowly starting to creep into the market again. And, you know, you're that's being reflected, not just with volume, with people's hesitancy to be able to scoop up some of these dips. But, you know, you are seeing that reflected across some of the floors of some of these bigger names that did have some momentum prior. Yeah, I would agree with that, but... I don't know about the scams slowing down. Um, honestly, in my personal observation, it almost seemed as they have, you know, at least plateaued or maybe even ramped up a little bit. I mean, every single day, just looking on uh, icy tools or, you know, any other analytics uh, site, it's always filled with complete garbage. I mean, even back, we were just discussing this um in uh, room 110 the other day that back in January, like even the not so well thought out projects would still stay on icy tools for like two to three days. If they gain momentum, like the larva dudes, you know, pumped from like 0.03 to 0.24 um, alien friends, stuff like that would actually hold momentum for a much larger amount of time when you look on icy tools nowadays you something maybe top selling for an hour or two you know have like two thousand sales and then after the third hour just completely drop off yeah 100 percent, man and md i don't know if you were trying to speak there man i heard a little bit of reverb over your mic if you want to go ahead and speak now feel free to i just wanted to mute your mic before you realize that um just a heads up um but yeah, man, you know, you're right. Like as far as the momentum behind a lot of the scams, you're right. They're still rampant. And, you know, I, I guess, I don't know, man, like it, 
it almost feels like right now, as far as the opportunities and the things that you're seeing across this, the feed, it feels like there are more scam type of things that are popping up than there are actual legitimate projects, which here's the only reason why I'm going to slow down and say that might be slightly healthy because it's it, like, obviously it's incredibly unhealthy, but what it is showing to me at this point is that, okay, the people that are building, the people that have released projects that they care about, they either a have already released them. They're out there, they're doing stuff. They're working in the space, right. Or B right now they've slowed the pace of it to reflect where we are with the market. Because I really feel like a lot of what happened within the last year, people got in, you know, flooded with so much for so long that, you know, there really is just a general capacity for how much can people truly invest in, believe in, support, be able to manage and be able to take on a new load at the same time. So I feel like we've gone through that rapid growth phase of the first bull run in the NFT market. And what we're going to see here now over the next couple of years isn't necessarily these projects that are legitimate ramping off left and right in the same way, the same popularity that they did before. But I think it's going to be a consolidation to projects that have shown viability, that have been healthy and that are going to continue to thrive um, down the road. Yeah, it's going to be the projects that show resilience, regardless of market conditions. The one that keeps building, you know, the one, they're going to prove that they're they are there to stay. And there'll still be an influx of other crap that still comes into the market, just trying to get any amount of penny from the consumers, right? Projects will, will release with a 0. 0.007 mint, just hoping that people are going to buy it, right? Like, oh, what if this moons? Uh, but no, yeah, ultimately, it will be weeded down. Uh, there'll be a healthy cleanse, and I'm excited to see what that brings in the next bull run. A hundred percent, man. And, um, you know, I, and I think that's the, you know, that for anybody listening here, that's looking into anything, I think that's the real alpha leading forward from this is, you know, focusing on where do you see that potential for, you know, uh, I guess, where have you seen accumulation in something? And then where can you invest in that, that you see that potentially, being able to lead to something bigger down the road rather than just necessarily chasing after each and every hype opportunity that comes out there because either one of two things is happening right now. Some of these hype opportunities are either a just pure scams B you know, they just don't have that immediate initial return that a lot of people became accustomed to during the heart of the bull run, whenever everything was just happening and it didn't matter what the hell you minted, like you were going to get a 10 X right off the bat. Like it just isn't at that phase anymore of the market. So like smart money, I think is going to be what takes over for this. And, you know, unfortunately there are going to be some casualties along the way where some of these scams, like what happened where the Izu whitelist, obviously Izu's not, you know, a scam. Izu's a legitimate project, but people are going to take over some of these accounts, still be able to release illegitimate things, and people are still going to fall for them out of the greed that they became accustomed to, that they need to immediately try to buy on the hype for anything. Like, smart money is going to be what wins out. Hey guys, I got like five minutes and then I got to go back to work. I'll probably stay yeah, on and listen. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up is, I don't know if you guys saw, but um, Inverse Bra is doing a mint. Um, and I know we were talking about kind of cash grab mints at, at 0.07, 0.08. 
his mint is 0.33 ETH in the midst of a bear market. Wait, you're saying inverse prize? Then inverse pro had to have gotten hacked. I think it is. It was like Wassyverse. I'm pretty sure it's oh, his project. Okay. Gotcha. No, I thought that. I thought you said like right now, especially after what we just talked about. I was like, damn, man. Like if inverse fraud just tweeted about a mint out of nowhere right now, then like we're all fucked. Um, I think it's like five days from now, but I saw um, Toshi sent out a tweet like, go check it out. And I went and I checked it out and I was expecting like free mint or 0.07. And it was 0.33, 12,000 supply. I was like, dear God. And the thing is, is honestly, it will it will probably sell out and it probably won't sustain that price for very long. And then people will be screaming that it was a rug pull or a scam. And but yeah, no, I don't I don't like uh mint prices that are you know set astronomically high like that like 0.33 for a minute is kind of ridiculous especially in this time i agree with that you know the one thing that i will say as far as that is concerned i inverse bra is one of those guys i would not put out there and say okay like inverse bra is a inverse bra obviously has a very reputable brand that he has built up organically and a lot of people have attached to i feel like over the course of the past few years right and like you know he has been a mainstay within the community well what i will say like i'm going to support his mint because i do know what you're talking about i'm going to do it but i do agree with you that it's one of those that you know that is a high relatively for right now a relatively higher price point um as far as eth value is concerned as far as usd value it's it's not necessarily there, but that's that's the interesting thing to see. What I think will be interesting from that is, you know, Inverse Bra being somebody that I do respect and accounts that I know that I respect that are involved with that, like how far can that truly go in the course of a bull market? I mean, a bear market, right? You know, so I think that it is one of those things that, and, you know, this is even me saying, like, I support it, still proceed with caution because... <sighs> You know, you just don't know. Like I said, even the people that you respect and even the projects that you think have a legitimate roadmap and a chance of being able to do something, it's still difficult with a new mint going into it. So I'd still proceed with caution with it. Yeah, and especially right now. But I think you are right that your two best arguments are that, one, it's inverse, and then, two, 0.33 ETH right now is not the same as it was when NFTs were booming. Uh, 100%, man. So... And I, uh, I swapped over phones. I'm not sure. I, I'm just curious. Do you notice it that like any uh, drop off in quality in the audio at all? The difference between an iPhone X and an iPhone uh, whatever Pro Max, whatever the newest one is. Uh, I didn't notice it, but yeah, no if really I paid a, attention, maybe. There's a slight difference, but it's not anything major. And yeah, no, I wasn't trying to... Uh, I hope what I said wasn't getting misinterpreted. In no way was I trying to call, uh, you know, Inverse's project a scam or anything. I was just saying that I haven't looked into the project. I don't know what it does bring you, but it just seems like a comparatively high point of entry compared to everything else that gets offered in the market at this time. I 
you know, that, and I do agree that it feels like a higher level of entry for, especially that supply, right? You know, if there's a lower supply, I think it's a little bit easier to sustain. I'm just wondering right now with a new project, where are you going to find 13,000 new people to be able to believe and to be able to sustain that regardless of what you're going to be building? Um, so I don't know. I like, I, I'm wishing them all the best of luck going into it, but I do agree with everything that y'all are saying that it's going to be difficult and that, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It's not necessarily how I would have approached it, but I, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say that I, I don't believe that it's going to be a rug whenever it is done. Right. Like I think that them going into it, I would, trust that they are actually going to work on building whatever they say and i haven't done the research on it but yeah i mean with anything tread with caution especially now and it'll be a good one to revisit here i think in a few weeks we'll have to note that down after they do it just as far as like you know the relative sample size of okay now that they've done that what does that look like and what does that really mean for some of these other mints that are coming up in the future and like (laughs) If you're a project that has a legitimate plan, like, should you just hold off, even if it's, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. And I wasn't saying that they were going to rug. I was saying more along the lines of if it doesn't sustain the value that people bought in at, right? So let's say they gain some insane hype and it pumps to two and a half ETH and then, you know, a thousand people buy it two and a half ETH and drops back to like 0.6. Um, people are going to start saying things regardless of what the team is doing just because yeah. it's below where they bought it. Well, you know, another good example of that, you know, just to continue talking through the space, like the pandas, dude, I, I love the pandas. I love ice bags, love what they're working on with that. But, you know, even with that one right there, and they had some issues on the day of their mint that they struggled with. Um, that I think really put a nail as far as, you know, not a nail, but, you know, really slowed down their progress on mint day. Um, you know, but they're doing a lot right now with their project. I know he's dumping a lot of his own money into this to be able to make it something that, you know, he wants to be this exclusive real experience and they're still struggling. Right. You know, and, and when I say struggling, I mean, it's struggling to mint out. And, you know, they've got an omni chain, this and that. And again, you know, I, I like I believe that one day with the, what he's doing with it, that they will end up reaching capacity that they'll mint out. and They'll do something great. Right. But, you know, it's one of those things that for some projects like that, you're going to have to have patience with to be able to get to that point, even if they are, you know, legitimate from legitimate people doing legitimate things. Yeah. And I think. um Panda's biggest hurdle is uh, because they are omni-chain. So the F-chain is minted out completely. It's just that all the bridging you have to do to getting the native token over to the right chain, getting enough USD over to the right chain, then minting, then having to have enough leftover fees to bridge back. It is harder for the average user to do especially if they've never worked across chain before and it's just a bigger headache to try and get it back on the east chain to be able to view it in open sea and you know list it for sale or whatever you wanted to do 100 percent, man um so yeah you know like it is an interesting experiment going into that space and you know hey especially if you know, even if only a fraction of those chains that they're minting out on continue to stay relevant, continue to build thriving ecosystems. I think there's a lot of, you know, 
potential synergies and advantages that Omnichain might be able to present. And, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Like, you know, it was a bold move, but something that, you know, like, especially if you say that you are in this for the tech, like it's an interesting experiment. Yeah, no, 100%. I uh, am definitely excited to see what other utilities and um, innovation that Omnichain can do, right? So you can bridge your pandas uh, or bridge your NFT across um, any chain to get, or any available chains, you know, to get uh, other utilities that they may offer. And I think pandas are doing a nice job of setting themselves up in the position for when that does happen to be able to capitalize on it. A hundred percent, man. Um, by the way, Flip, welcome up to the stage. Um, glad to have you back up here again. How's it going, sir? Hey, Cleo. Good. How are you? Doing well. You know, you reminded me of something that, like, I wanted to shout out at the beginning of this because, like, you know, I, I, I believe one of the things I think with, like, creating a healthy community within the NFT space is, like, collaboration, you know, being able to collaborate and with other communities, grow yourself outside and not be so single-minded within anything. So quick shout out to Ledger Status, who I know right now they have a promotion that they have going on and I need to do that. It reminded me that I have not done it yet where they're giving away a couple of pudgy penguins to people that use Flip XYZ in the same similar type manager or manner, manner to uh, Gem and Genie basically being able to use it as an aggregate to be able to buy or sweep any type. And it doesn't have to be pudgies, right? You know, you can buy, you can sweep the wonkies using flip X, Y, Z or sweep something else. And I'm not sure what the ETH limit is, but it's something to look into. I'll try to find that and pin it up there. But I, I really like ledger, like what he's done in the space, like what they're building and the opportunity to win a couple pudgy penguins. I mean, why not? Oh, thanks for the reminder. I actually still need to need to do that. Um, I saw the I saw the two that they picked up. Actually, they're they're pretty they're pretty good ones. So, um, appreciate that. Uh, I just wanted to uh, actually say something with what you guys were talking about, as far as you know, th- like projects that are just continuing to to build during the bear market, and uh, I think. I mean, you, you, you tweeted about this a couple of times, but it comes down to conviction, right? Like there, at some point there was something or some things about that project that pulled you in and made you passionate about it. And you have to ask yourself during, you know, the tough times, the bear markets, like have any fundamentals changed about the project? And, you know, if the, if the answer is no, then it's like, why would you, bail on that project now or why wouldn't you uh you know dca dca further in or dca even for the first time since your initial buy and it's i don't know like what you mentioned people they chase they like to chase pumps or chase the next shiny thing that's in front of them and they kind of forget about why they invested in in these in these projects in the first place. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. It's just, you have to go, you have to go back to the basics sometimes. Right. And uh, kind of check off the boxes on your list and then 
and then uh, make the decision whether to stay in a project or, or move or move on. Hundred percent, man. Wani, what's going on? Hi, man. Um, speaking of fudgy penguins, man, I've been trying to pick some up, but you've been taking all of them from what I'm seeing last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Now I, you know, again, going back to like, you know, looking at projects that have had resiliency throughout the course of bear market. You know, pudgies are one that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of value in and I see as far as like, you know, the chart and the fundamentals that I think have potential to be able to drive to that next leg higher. Um, so, you know, it's one that I, I've started to slowly work my way in there, you know, so we'll see, man. Like it's, um, you know, talking about and, and like, obviously, you know, I pride myself on not diving just, you know, I. I look for something that I believe in and have a higher level of conviction when I start to enter it and start to, you know, start to slowly, you know, and that's one thing that you've seen with it. Like I've slowly averaged my way in and, you know, as long as it's in a range that I'm comfortable with, I'll continue to slowly add average my way in. Um, you know, I, I respect the vibes of the cuteness of the penguins. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where, It'll be an experiment. We'll see. I think that it has potential, though, as far as looking at like that mid-tier that, you know, if it weren't for, and I say mid-tier, obviously, because of the price level. I'm not talking about anything else as far as the quality, the community, the art, anything else, right? You know, I'm just talking about price level, you know, where your blue chips, I feel like, are the ones that are the 20 ETH plus, whatever it is. In the mid-tier, I feel like, you know, you've got the couple ETH range where there are a lot of projects that have had hype, had um, volume before, but I haven't necessarily made that jump to the next level yet. And this is one where I see, I think the potential, it does have the potential to jump to that next level. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's kind of been the thesis slowly working my way into that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I think that, you know, with enough patience, um, and continued conviction, it'll play out. going on guys what's going on bog not much um so yeah one of my one of my penguin friends sent me a, a message and he was doing some digging apparently someone funded a wallet and he like did some sherlock Holmes stuff and there's like a i think it was there's like a hundred million in it and they funded another like and he tra- like he traced it all the way back up it's like a fresh wallet um so there's a mega whale buying <laughs> like on a on a tiny wallet. I don't think it's Kaleo because Kaleo's doing it from his main. <laughs> a mega whale, <laughs> mega whale bu- buying penguins or buying what? Buying little, by, buying a uh, little pudgies. Um, ah. They did it this morning, but it was funded by uh, a Soros wallet. So I don't know it's something. I got to check Nancy. I I think my uh, the trials um, kind of went out. But if anyone, I'll post the wallet and if anyone wants to. You take said that plug. you said they started to buy a few this morning. Yeah, they funded it only with five ETH, but if you take a look, uh, you know the the wallet that funded it had like four million, and then the wallet that funded that had a hundred million, um, and it's not an exchange. So um, it's interesting, man. It's really interesting. So yeah, we'll yeah, but yeah, stuff like that. And uh, speaking of like buying dips and stuff, I'm wait. I really do think we we might probably it gets bumpy going into midterms. So I have like some some money set aside to buy dips on projects that I just buy projects I do like. So 
I'm definitely going to easily get to, to triple digit wonkies if people keep paper handing. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy more. I'm, I'll buy more little pudgies too at some point. I want to get to like, you know, a couple hundred. I'm at like 150. I'll get to like three, 400 because I mean, the, every time we, we get into a space on the weekends, it's so bullish. Like yesterday they were talking about the game that they're working on. And um, I just think it has that, like that, like just, I don't know something about it where where it's gonna have that that kind of like viral like thing like that Fortnite has it's just something where people are gonna you know like because I know the team can execute that's like one of the variables that you know I'm not really worried about it's more so like you know will people kind of vibe with it and you know it, I think they will um, you know just so many like you know so many people just kind of resonate with it and no matter like what the market's doing um, it's it's kind of wild but yeah you know. Like, kind of don't worry about the scams right now. There's just, I, I'm not even worried about looking at mints right now, to be honest. Like, it's, there's, there's no point. Like, there's just, this isn't the time. You know, there's so many, I see so many people too, like, you know, doing, like, just, they have poor, like, security and, and unfortunately losing their, their NFTs in their wallet. So you, you got to be extra careful. And if you are going to mint anything, do it on, like, a burner wallet. Don't do it on your, like, a hot wallet with all your stuff in it. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like, know how people still, like, kind of, you know, have, have been in the space for a while and still doing it. It's kind of wild that that's happening. But um, I saw a couple penguins, uh, unfortunately, get, get robbed. So, um, you know, be, be extra careful out there, especially, you know, if you're looking to make some quick money. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely dicey out there. Uh, yeah, man. No, uh, again appreciate the reminder too that it is dicey right now and you know i think everybody from (laughs) what we're talking about on this so far basically has the same sentiment where any type of mint right now just proceed with caution (laughs) you know because one protecting your own security your own assets making sure that you aren't doing anything fishy that opens the door to be able to be scammed to be able to be you know hacked lose whatever you have like you don't want to do that, obviously. But then, too, you know, capital preservation in a bear market is key. Bear markets are about consolidation, looking for the higher conviction plays and, you know, being able to carry forward with that. So, you know, I mean, like I said, that's where I am with the little pudgies. And obviously, that's where I am with the wonky stonks also, because, you know, I like it's my project. I believe in it. I believe in the vibes of being able to just slowly but consistently show up and build a community and, you know, not have the roadmap, but be able to, you know, let the vibe of the community dictate where the project goes and, you know, let it be one day the meme of owning the JPEG of a stonk being more valuable than (laughs) and more coveted than owning any stonk itself. And my whole thing is that I believe with enough time and enough consistency, this space is so early, right? We're in the middle of a consolidation and bear market. We're here, we're thriving. It's not about, you know, the money of what we're getting from any of this, because obviously, you know, with it being a free mint, with it being something that, you know, there are <laughs> next to zero fees generated. It's like, you know, we're here for the community. We're here because we believe in, what this is and what it will be down the road. And, you know, that's my whole vibe with all of it. And, you know, being able to connect with other communities in the process is part of, I think, where you start to grow, um, you know, grow yourself and 
eventually, again, with enough time, there is going to be another cycle. And it won't be this year, you know, maybe in the next 12 months, maybe the next 24 months. But where NFTs just, you know, boom again and where they do lead in the next bull market. And I think that, again, the projects and the communities that have the consistency throughout the bear market that are able to survive it are going to be the ones that lead their way um, into the next bull market. So see. 100%. No, I, I agree completely. And I think to a certain degree, floor price does matter. And, uh, in, in, you know, the Wonkies case, um, you know, it was a stealth mint. So that's really kind of like, like icing at the top of the cake. Like you don't have to worry about it going below mint price, um, whatever the gas is paid. But even so, it, I would worry if you're like a builder, if you're, you know, you know, in charge of any project right now, just worry, focus on keeping the community active for however long we are in the bear market. Because, you know, the wonkies, I have no doubt, like, you guys, it, it, all you have to do is literally survive now. You have, like, the lore, you have the people, a, a great community. You just literally have to survive. You know, just be active, stay around, um, keep other people engaged, um, and just shitpost on Twitter. I mean, really, that's that's what you need to do for however long, you know, it is. Um, and, you know, it's going to take off. Like, this is really... You know, we're going through the first major cycle for NFTs. And if you've been around the block, like, you know, you saw what happened with ICOs, you know, I mean, obviously it's a little bit, it's a little bit different, a little, you know, a little bit of the same too. You can't really make a direct comparison, but um, I don't think it's really apples and oranges. Um, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, the, the cream does rise to the top um, and you have to look for just similar qualities of what like makes a project successful. And it is a meme, you know, we're all bag holders now, but it really is the community. Um, and that's really all that makes sense. You know, that's the whole tangible value of this. It, it, there's a lot of intangibles with NFTs that, you know, I, I'm an accountant. Like that's the way I look at things. It's, you can't really put a monetary value um, on the community, you know? And I wish, I'm sure people are going to come with, with metrics and you could use Nance and, um, to try to figure it out for yourself. But, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where you just feel like, you know, like when you're in a community, when you're just talking to these people and you, you, you see the activity and kind of what's going on behind the scenes, like you, you, you just kind of know um, it's a winner. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. Like, you know, there, there are things that Nansen can't track, right? There are intangibles. Like, obviously, you know, I feel like, they reached a certain threshold during the market where, you know, the use of the word vibes became a meme, but like, you know, there really is something about the vibes within a community where there's something about the intangibles that like Nansen can't track as far as staying power. And as far as like, you know, it, it's not just about staying power, but if you look at like what makes things successful, right? Like it is the opportunity for virality at a certain point. Right. And, you know, again, if you're if you're wondering why initially, like I dove into the pudgies as well, same type thing. Like I saw enough voices that were active enough on my timeline, people that have been in the space that I believe will be people that are leading their way into the next bull market. Like all these accounts that are here right now that have survived this pain and that survived the next couple of years, like eventually all it takes is a spark. And that spark eventually has the opportunity to turn itself into a wildfire. Like my account, for instance, throughout the course of the last bear market, you know, I was stuck at 5,000 followers for the longest time. I, I had to grind to get to 5,000 followers and then eventually, you know, slowly trickled my way up to about 8,000. 
you know, later on in 2021 or not 2021, 2019, because 2019, you know, we had that little mini bull market um, where, you know, BTC went up from three to 13 K. It's funny. I say little mini, it did a four X. Um, and there were a lot of other shit coins that did something similar though. BTC was the primary catalyst of that run. Right. And in that process, you know, my account nearly doubled and I thought it was legit that I got up to about 8,000. But point being, that was the scale of growth. And then you started to reach 2020 and 2020, one thing happens, you know, you have a few tweets that go viral. You have friends that have those connections. You start to get people to notice you. And eventually, you know, I went from 8,000 to I think 20,000 in a month after working my web to 8,000 over years. And then you look at it. And just a slow progression of how crypto became more and more mainstream throughout the course of it. That is how the account that I have today reached where it is today, right? But I never would have assumed that it had that possibility and that potential. You know, I believed, right? Like, I believed that it could. And I believed that that voice could mean something and be able to resonate with people. But you never know. And, you know, if you tell that to other people while you are stuck down there for years at that level, people will laugh. Right. And like that is what I see right now with some of these projects and communities where, you know, right now it is where do people that have the potential to have those type of voices and those type of explosions, you know, where are they right now in their journeys? And, you know, are there people that, you know, you could see potentially leading their way and having the type of explosion that I did in the next bull market? And like I do. So that's the whole thing. You look at that, you look at those projects and that's where people, those are who the next wave of people are going to follow. And that like, that's something important to keep the tabs on. Yeah. It's pretty rough right now. Um, there's, I'm getting like no engagement. Like I was t trying to just test it out the other day and I just started really shit posting as much as I possibly could in one day. And it's just completely dead. Um, but that, you know how it changes. Everyone, everyone's like a fair weather person in crypto. Like once things start turning around, people will pile back in, but, um, I don't know. We'll really see what happens like going into, into the, the midterms and, and whatnot. And, you know, if it does get a little bit worse, I'm prepared, but you know, you, you'll, you'll, I really just feel even more like comfortable now in some of the, at least the NFTs I hold, um, just because you, you kind of see like it is a stress test is what's happening. And, you know, I think at least most of my bags are doing pretty well. Um, so, you know, there's that. I, it's really just a matter of, you know, when when things turn around and it's going to happen so fast, like Leo was saying, like it really I just, you know, it'll be, you know, once the, the switch like flips, I mean, it'll probably be a slow grind up. But then, you know, you're going to see that euphoria again with NFTs. There's just there's just really kind of no way um, just because if you go on YouTube, just search like some of the comments I, I think there was like some guy did a video about like the the ape fest thing and you should see what normies are saying like the more hate it gets the more bullish i get um and like 2018 i remember like every like if you watch tv like everyone was making fun of it everyone probably that you were friends with your family was just shitting on crypto and then you know they just kind of just ate it like when it came to like that last bull run we had um so i just kind of see a similar thing happening whenever you know i'm not going to give a time period but it, it probably will happen at some point yeah what do y'all know about gamestop nfts i'm just curious man i've seen like people post recently about how it's already done multiples and multiples like in the first week 
compared to what Coinbase has done their entire existence. So I'm just curious, like, you know, actually, heck, I'm going to just go to their website right now. Is it just an ETH marketplace? Because that's what I see right now on their statistics board for their total volume over the last 24 hours are it's all listed in ETH. Is it a pure ETH play? I thought I heard something about them potentially listing on Matic or something else. But yeah, does anybody have any better idea? Well, I know that they teamed up with uh, Immutable uh, to launch their NFT marketplace. And yeah, my one of my my close friends, he's in he he drinks the uh the GME Kool-Aid, so to speak. But um he's probably told me like I, sw- I swear like every conversation cannot be complete, every interaction cannot be complete without some mention of, of GME. But um you know what? It it came out and then within like less than forty eight hours it outdid the lifetime volume of coinbase nft so i mean that there has to be something there and it's it's one of those where it's like hey if they're gonna if they're gonna push something that can benefit the space as a whole um i mean i'm i we should all we should all be be supportive of that um but um yeah it's like i maybe i i should be looking into this right now so i'm I'm glad that you you brought that up cleo yeah because you know, just and I'm on the website scanning through it a little bit more. Like I said, everything is an ETH. It says connect your Ethereum wallet, go to your profile, blah blah blah. Select an FT you want to sell. Click actions, manage list for sale, input the price in ETH that you want the. Yeah, so it's just okay. There is a marketplace fee which goes to GameStop and potentially a creator royalty fee. So they're still doing you know royalty fees. They're still doing you know the it seems like similar structure. Um, to, you know, OpenSea, looks rare, et cetera. Same type structure for that. Then your NFT is now for sale in the marketplace. Where, Okay, so where, where was I looking at? Oh, yeah, the layer two part. I, I read the wrong thing. Um, okay, importantly, layer two derives its security from the base network like Ethereum. Currently, GameStop NFT supports Loopring L2 and will support Immutable XL2 in the near future. So what I'm curious on, is if well like looking at the stats these are all nfts that look like they're specific just to gamestop right like i'm not seeing any of these gamestop nfts on the leaderboard on the OpenSea leaderboard so i'm wondering what the heck is is going on like are they still listed there is it something where this is just listed like basically kind of like in a centralized exchange type manner and that like i i don't know are we do we know if it's like wash trading too or is it like legit volume well okay so that's that's part of my question as far as the l2 stuff is concerned too right so if it's operating or say that it's even eth but like yeah i don't know man like yeah i don't know if they have these centralized wallets or if these collections are actually available outside of Ah, it says currently only NFTs that were minted on GameStop NFT are able to be traded on the platform. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that, uh, I mean, that's what I assumed looking at it because I'm not seeing, and that's kind of what I'm curious about too, as far as what chain and everything else that it's actually on, because you would assume that even if they're mint, like, most likely what they're doing then what i'm guessing to be able to cut down on costs they're minting on some l2 
Um, they are, you know, sending it. They're doing something to be able to isolate the NFT to them to make it more difficult to be able to move it off their exchange onto another exchange. That's what it has to be. So if that's the case, then I'm curious about their longer term durability, because I think that you want to be able to expose these collections to the largest number of buyers that you possibly can and not just filter to one subset. But maybe I'm wrong. All right. You maybe know what I- I'm going to I'm, I'm going to do this research for you also the next time I talk about this. I don't look like such a jackass. And, like, I actually have an idea. I, I was really hoping that one of y'all were going to come up here and just be an expert on game. If anybody is more of an expert on what they're doing, I'm really curious. So feel free to invite yourself because it feels like that's one of the few outliers as far as mints that are doing decent, you know, decently well with exchange volume, et cetera. Um, and it's a newer, newer thing. And it's interesting. Like you said, flip, I feel like a lot of people, they're just, you know, like the GameStop crew or like they're the CrossFit crew of stocks. Like they have to let people know GameStop and AMC. Maybe the change is once they migrate to immutable. Cause right now they're, they're using Loopring, And if you see on their website, Immutable X coming soon, then they list all of the, the big projects that are on Immutable X, like Illuvium, Gods Unchained. So I think that's, this is, I mean, this is this is considered their beta. So um, I think this, this scales up for them once they migrate to, to Illuvium. And um, I mean, that's, there's, there is a grant program up top. So um that's probably worth reading into. I'll probably read into that right now. Or it'll be interesting to see, man. Rooster, I don't know if you're in the middle of your tourney or not. <laughs> yeah, man, I just lost to some bullshit. <laughs> I was, I was I about to ask how it's going. It was going really well. And then uh, I get dealt pocket queens and Dylan gets dealt pocket kings. So I'm not sure I like the new platform too much. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, it's uh, to a cooler. So, uh, yeah, I'm out now. Uh, I was going to ask, were you all in? Yeah, I went all in. Uh, I was a little <laughs> bit tilted because I I lost to a cooler on the previous bet, uh, out kicked, um, and I was like, okay, give me something good. I get dealt uh, pocket queen, so I was like, oh, cool. So I raised, and then I get re-raised, and I was like, all right, my time to shove, and. Uh, then he calls me and flips kings. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, bro! <laughs> oh my goodness, man, that is. I, you know, I've been there before. Basically, like I learned, poker is not my strong suit. Like I've not put enough time into the craft to be able to get to where I need to be about like the smartest move. I've never studied it, so it's just one of those things. Like if I play any, you know, like say if I go to Vegas or something else. You know, at least this is what I used to do. I haven't been to Vegas in so long because like like any money I set, I set a specific amount and I say, if I lose that, like I am done, done. And I typically lose it all within like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So then everybody else is still playing and I've got nothing left to play. And I'm like, well, shoot, like, okay, what, like, what is next? And I'm not enough of a degenerate to, you know, go to any of these other places or do things by myself while the buddies are playing poker. So it's like, well. Yeah, it just kind of fizzles out pretty quickly for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I play a little bit looser in these tournaments, obviously, just because it's free to enter, right? So the only cost to me is my time. Um, so I play a little bit looser, especially in the beginning. But I typically make final table. Um, and honestly, I much prefer losing to a cooler like that early in the tournament when I'm only 30 minutes in rather than being two hours in and something like that happens. Uh, Bro, so. when you say a cooler, am I missing a poker term here? Or is a cooler literally like it's a guy with a, like a PFP of a cooler? No, it's literally, it, it's a poker term. It's like when, you know, theoretically you should have the best hand, um, pre-flop right like the odds of someone having kings or aces are while i have queens are just astronomically small um so theoretically you should have the best percentage of winning uh and then as soon as our cards flip he already had me beat before the board even came out so that's like what a cooler is yeah man see like that's why i don't play it'd be like it'd be like if i go to a soccer game in europe and first off like i'd be calling it soccer i'd get shit for that and second <laughs> off like i know the objective of the game pretty well like you know you're you're trying to get the ball into the goal and like it's worth one point and i know like about offsides i guess mo- you know mostly and then that or actually and that, that, that's about it so, like, I know a little bit, like, I could go out there and maybe play it a little bit and have some fun, but, like, anybody that has any certain level of skill is going to kick my ass, like, with a long <laughs> enough period of time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do enjoy it. I need to make it uh, out to a casino um, around me, see what the live tables are like uh, here, because I haven't played live since I've been in Texas. And uh, I did extremely well um, in 2021. I off my buy-in i think i ended up that year profiting like 35k just off of 300 to start with um so definitely did uh get my interest up in poker and um been playing with the pandas recently so it's been making me feel good been learning a little bit more just to experience i haven't bothered to look into any like theory yet and I think that once I do, it will just make me that much of a better player. So you're still just all intuition, all gut right now. Hey, did they ever say how uh, Luke Martin or the other um, the other guy they had entered for the World Series of Poker ended up doing? No, actually, uh, I'll ask them right now. I was thinking about <laughs> I, that the other day. I got to ask Luke then. Like, I'm supposed to – dude, I've, uh, I, I say this. I've supposed to have been on his podcast. I'm supposed to like make an appearance for the past like year and a half. And I've still never arranged it, but like I DM'd him this last week. I was like, okay, we're we're gonna make it happen soon. And I'm definitely gonna ask him about his experience going into that also when I do it. Yeah, and unfortunately I didn't even play in the tournament the satellite to get that spot. I didn't have a panda at that time, and I think it was like their first poker tournament. Uh Actually, one of our community members, Magna, was uh, he was about to send me his panda just so I could register and um, for the tournament. But uh, we didn't end up getting that done in time. Uh, so I ended up missing it. But that would have been crazy if uh would end up winning that and got sent to the World Series of Poker. I definitely would have tried to place, brought that back home to the Stonks. Yeah, man. And... 
See, and that's probably, like I said, if I'm that clueless on it, that's a good reason why I haven't set it up so far for the stocks yet for what the best way of being able to do it is. I mean, dude, if you've got a good idea for how you want to make that happen, like I'd be happy to help help work with you on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, I was actually just talking about this in uh, general chat with um, someone yesterday. Uh, the it's really easy to set it up and get it going for holders only. Um, it, I mean, the easiest way to do it would just be to drop it into a holders only channel and then just hope that people aren't leaking the um, link to other people, but I can also manually accept people as well. So if you wanted to be accepted into the tournament, um, you just have to respond like in the discord with what your tag in the tournament is. So it won't be hard to set up. The biggest issue we're facing is deciding on a time that will be best for most people. <laughs> and that is, I guess we just need to do like a poll or something. Maybe, actually, that's a good idea. You should tweet out on your Kaleo account um, that you're going to do a holders only wonky poker and then like make a poll for like, week weekday around noon or one EST to try and get in, you know, accommodate your people as well and weekend noon to one or yeah, the other way around weekday in the evening, like 5 PM or something EST. And then uh, same thing for the weekend and see what the poll says. But I'm down, man. I'm down. We can get that. Because, I mean, it is a good question. It's funny. Like, I, I just looked at the chat and uh, King Jay said 4 a.m. here in Asia, finally woken up in time to make a Twitter space. But to be fair toward anybody that is, you know, living in Asia right now and is a listener and is part of this, you know, I've done several polls about where do you live to people that are my followers. And I've tried them multiple times during the day. Like, that time zone is the most underrepresented time zone out of anybody. So to be able to make it to the most people for as far as live viewership and everything else and engagement during that, it's got to be somewhere around kind of this like noon Eastern time pocket a little bit later, a little bit earlier, because that kind of fits as many of the people that you can as possible that are going to be awake. You know, you're getting, you're getting everywhere North South America covered. You're getting um, right Europe covered, uh, and then you've got the fringes of everywhere else, right? Like I still think that it's not quite bedtime in Dubai yet, you know, especially for the degenerates that are involved here. You're just missing like Central Asia, which officially, <laughs> like I don't even know whether Central China and that area can necessarily. Yeah, oh, I, I know they still trade degenerately, but like I know it's just an underrepresented portion of this community. So, you know, they still have the recordings available, but that's kind of how I typically choose the time zone that I do these spaces. Right. And that's what I was thinking as well. Like the best time uh, for everyone should be around like noon to one EST. But then again, the person I was talking to was like, that was, <laughs> that's not the best time for me. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know if it was just that day, so maybe actually we, uh, the best way to do it is probably to open a poll in Discord um, in a holders only channel and then 
have them tweet out to have them come into the discord and vote on a day maybe and a time or we pick the time like around noon or 1 p.m est and just have them vote on a day uh and that'll be the best way to be able to bring you know make people aware of it is if honestly i think we decide it for them and then just make an announcement on twitter and discord so that everybody knows that they can show up I was going to say, um, I, I, we have a couple of the pudgy mods in here, and we usually do like a combined community poker tournament. I think it's usually kind of like on the weekend, Saturday. Um, I forgot the time, but yeah, if you get like a gigantic like inter-community poker tournament going on, that'd be sick. So I know at least for the tournament we are talking about, um, the initial idea, so... Kaleo said he was willing to throw up like five to ten stonks. Um, Man, I'll, I'll, I'll give up even more than you know whatever whatever we need to end up doing to make this work out. I'll give whatever I have to with it. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the idea was to you know make it holders only uh, for the stonks to be able to be entered into that prize pool. Um, I don't know if you guys had like some little pudgies. Um, if you wanted to throw in as well to do like a collab space, uh, just to give, you know, people in the community, like a chance to gain stonks outside of spaces or something, just a fun little interactive game. Yeah, no, I'm sure they could work it out. I don't want to speak for them, but I don't see a problem. Right. Yeah. So if anybody's listening and wants to make that happen, I'm always down. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I love doing that type of stuff. It's fun. I mean, but, you know, going back to it, the, the most difficult part during summer, especially, I feel like, is you've got people either, A, that are working jobs during the week. And, like, you know, it's easy as far as listening because a lot of people that are listening to a space, like, you know, they're just tuning in while they're working. You know, nobody's really paying attention to them doing that anyway. But when you're doing a poker tournament, what becomes a little bit more difficult is you're balancing either people are traveling on the weekends and it's difficult to make it work or B, they are doing a job and they can't just listen. They have to actively being be engaged in it. So, you know, that'll be the interesting thing is just, OK, what time does end up working the best for the most DGENs to be able to step away and make that happen? But yeah, we'll see, man. We'll we'll, we'll get something. I, I swear, one of these days we'll get it figured out, Rooster. Um, but yeah, man. You know, one of the things that we talked about at the beginning of this space that you know I, I think a little bit important to touch on right now is going back to it that you know, uh, especially the past few days, we had we had about a couple weeks where we got a breather, or we finally saw some green price action, some bounces. And the past week now, nearly, let's see, dating back to the 20th, so five days, we've seen a lot more, you know, heavily red across the board than we have green. And you notice that directly, like Bogfather, you brought it up as far as engagement, you know, like you notice on every level, you know, even you've got an account my size, you're going to notice the difference in the drop off of engagement for stuff that, you know, like they're just... The number of users that have been here and that are here right now are not necessarily what they were back in the day. And that's part of the attrition of a market like this. So be interesting. You know, it's, it, I, I still believe in what I said before, where the real 
the real pain from here is more sideways, not necessarily more down. I hope I'm right with that because more down, more down would be really painful as far as BTC is concerned. But I really do believe that where, you know, BTC won't go too much lower than the levels that we really saw previously, you know, like could it still wick down to that 16K area? Sure. But I really just don't see it, you know, the full level of FUD that's out there on the timeline that believes that, man, this is just going to zero at this point. Like I am, I'm a believer that there is something bigger here happening. So, you know, it's just even, even the past few days, it's been interesting to see just kind of the morale on the timeline start to shift where I feel like it's been, it's a completely different place today than it was just like four or five days ago. Um, Anton, what's going on, man? Hello, hello. Uh, I just want to say uh, why we should not see a bit more down because we will have the opportunity to buy more so it won't be so negative. And uh, I would like as well to ask what you guys think about the Fed tomorrow. How it's going to be? A red or green candle tomorrow? Oh man, about the Fed. You know, Fed on an NFT space is pretty deep, but it, I will, I will, you know, we'll see, man. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it surprises everybody and we see some green, but, um, you know, again, my biggest thing is, dude, I'm ready for volatility either direction, regardless of what it is. Just continue to stack on high conviction plays is where I am right now in this market. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Cause you know, I distinctly remember everyone telling me on Spaces a couple, a few weeks ago, not to sell my car at 1100 ETH. And I just now started getting some extra spare dollars to be able to start going back into crypto. And my sweet spot of entry has disappeared. <laughs> I mean, you never know, man. It can still come back. And that's the whole thing is looking at it from, you know, the investing or the trading perspective, you're talking about from the trading perspective. And yeah, obviously you're going to get a lot of the, you know, intraday, intramonth volatility, but, you know, from as far as the stacking perspective, yeah, I feel like we'll have a good amount of time in this range over the next six months to be able to continue to accumulate. I was promised a multi-year bear market and damn it, I got to get it. <laughs> I, I love somebody that uh, I love having somebody have that mindset. Um, like, uh, Anton, what's up, man? If I, if I may say, uh, he said that he hasn't uh, sold his car yet. I have sold my my soul here, man, and waiting the opportunity to to buy everything. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, I am not a bear bear person i really hate because everything is going down so uh, it's not a good time but if it goes a bit lower then it will be good for us that we are still here and waiting to buy more so i don't see it in a, such a negative way nfts crypto whatever so i don't know i just i I'm afraid that with the recession now and the, all the situation that is around the world, only not only in US or Europe, but I'm afraid that we will we will see lower prices. But as I said again, it won't be a bad thing for me. For example, because I've been like 
getting cash from everywhere where I can so I can see an opportunity and jump in with uh, BDC and ETH. So I I don't know. I hope it goes just a bit lower and then up to the sky. You don't have to worry about a recession anymore because they're they're redefining a recession. And then you're not going to have to uh, worry about a war because they're probably going to redefine the definition of war too. You know, and then they're going to probably redefine the, you know, apocalypse. Um, so you're not going to have to worry about that. Um, so yeah. and don't worry about Social Security. Either. If I, if I don't have to now. worry about all these things, then what should I be worried then, guys? <laughs> you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Duh. Oh, I have heard this. No, but you don't. I, it's not funny, this guys. Pot. Really, it's not funny that you will be happy and own nothing doesn't make sense and hopefully it never comes true because if it comes true we are all screwed doesn't matter where we are living in this world but we are all screwed so i'm opening a cricket restaurant i'm gonna be the first person i'm, I'm jumping ahead uh, just maybe a just a bug restaurant in general not just not just crickets we gotta if, if you need cricket. if you need people to work i well, join straight away. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're French, dude, but I need a French sous chef that's uh, proficient at cooking. I I, I learned very fast. So don't worry. Cooking. I with few videos I will learn, and I will be the best of the best. <laughs> Kaleo, I have a quick, unrelated, uh, completely unrelated question to ask you. Uh, what are your thoughts on kolaches, man? Oh, I love a good kolache. Too much is the issue. Too much. Um, right. Yeah, way too much. Like, bro, I, I have had multiple days, and I'm not just saying this, multiple days where I'll, like, go and buy a bunch of kolaches, expecting that to be my breakfast for the next few days at the house, and then I'll have the kolaches for breakfast, lunch, and All day. Yeah. And I'm not even joking. Like, I've done that multiple times, and it just happens, and you know, the heartburn, I, I I can always tell that night and the next morning that I did do that when I do it. But, um, yeah, like the clutches are something that, like, as long as you find a good spot, they're solid, solid. Right. So 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 here's the thing. Uh, I found out recently after craving kolaches that there is not one kolache shop in the Denver area. So if you want to open a Wonky Songs Kalachi uh, shop in Denver, just hit me in the DMs, man. <laughs> well, maybe that's what. Uh, maybe we we need to make a Wonky Stonk derivative that's a Kalachi derivative project, and then look into it. Yeah, I'm down because that has been uh, something I've honestly, seriously been considering recently. Is because who doesn't love a good Kalachi? And then there's no market competition at this point in time in my area. So I'm going to start looking into opening up a kolache shop over here. And I'll say this, man. I know like Denver has a lot of, a lot of people from out of state live there yep. right now, right? That are Moving in, used to and accustomed to kolaches. So there's, yeah, you know, exactly. there's your million, your million dollar idea right there, Rooster. Oh, that's just one of them. That's like, yeah, that's just one of them. One of the well, you think you're, ideas. You know, you think you're uh, joking with that. I had a buddy that told me. I'm not friend, joking with it. I'm being 100% serious. Like, yeah, no, I'm being serious too. Where, like, I had a buddy that he had a friend um, move to one of the small Colorado mountain towns before it boomed, right? Before the big recent boom, like years, you know, probably a decade ago. And he started up a tanning business because there wasn't a tanning 
like salon in that area and he just absolutely murdered it just by like buying a little storefront you know having a tanning and like you know apparently it was a necessity there even throughout the winter you know throughout the winter throughout the summer throughout any time of year apparently a tanning business prints money and he absolutely killed it but he did exactly what you did where he looked at like a need for something that you know, it's just something a lot of people may not think about, but then they do it and then they absolutely kill it as soon as it's done. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. And I, I got inspired because one of my boys actually just opened up his uh, second Kalachi factory in uh, Houston, and it's been doing uh, pretty well with the franchise. Um, so then that's what got me thinking about Kalachis. And I was like, damn, I want to get a Kalachi. And so I opened up maps, typed in Kalachi, not a single thing popped up. And I was like, this is interesting. Looked a little bit harder. No, they're all about breakfast bagels, which I really like breakfast bagels. But, you know, we have right, to I'm, out of, I'm out of the loop. What, what's a Kalachi? I'm oh, here we go. <laughs> so Kalachi is like a doughy bread right kind of like a croissant but a little more doughy very delicious uh, i don't know the scientific or whatever it's like a dinner roll terms. that's hollow like a good yeah a good dinner, dinner roll that's hollow that is filled with you know like meats cheeses i mean heck there are kolaches that are a little bit more pastry like that are filled with you know I guess more dessert type filling as well. I think that's, you know, my favorite are the savory kolaches that have like, you know, ham and Swiss or brisket and egg or, you know, bacon, egg, cheese, you know, biscuits and gravy, you know, you can go down the list. People will put literally anything in bread and sell it, call it a kolache. And, you know, they're amazing. Jalapeno sausage and cheese kolaches are where it's at. My that sounds favorite. that sounds fire. I, I can't yeah. believe like I'm I, I moved from New York. I'm in I'm in Chicago now, but I can't believe uh, I haven't heard about that before. Like there's two See? major ten, two towns. <laughs> it's more uh, of a southern thing, man. Because I you know I used to live further north than where I do now, and like even where I was from, like all the pigs in a blanket was the closest thing you could get. Which a pig in a blanket is just like sausage, a little mini sausage wrapped with you know, the croissant type bread. And whenever I heard the definition kolache, I was like, what the heck is that? So I was there at one point also. And then once you open your eyes to it, it's a game changer. Yeah. Kolache is like the peak of the savory breakfast. Like when you go, when you grow up in the South and you're getting donuts from the donut shop as a kid, you get the donuts, right? Once you start getting into those middle teenage years, then you graduate to kolaches and realize that, you know, you don't want as many sweet things for breakfast. And then by twenties, you pretty much don't get donuts from the donut shop anymore. It's straight kolaches. Yeah, like if you're going to be unhealthy, you go for the savory unhealthy versus like the pure sugar. Yep. So that's that's interesting, man. You'll have to keep me posted on that. Yeah, sorry for the derail. Just a a little sidebar. Hey, it's got to have it's got to have rooster in the name, by the way, man. It's too perfect. Rooster plus breakfast. It's meant to be. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there could be a bunch of memes out of that. See, that's how. Probably... Oh, go ahead, Bog. I was gonna say there's probably someone like in the space right now that's like trying to make a like an NF like a cash grab project. Yeah, like, trying to see collages right or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Dude, that's I'm trying to front run. You know, that same type of sign, like I felt that the other day. I was uh, leaving Austin, and before we left, we had time to go grab brunch. We went to this place called Kirby Lane um, Cafe. And I, at Kirby Lane Cafe, I, like the hostess stand had multiple penguins that were sitting up there on the hostess stand. I was like, man, that's a sign. I had a, I was like in a work meeting and like this girl just like, she's like, yeah, what's that? Like she had some like art in the background and she's like, yeah, I just went to the zoo and like I bought this like um, painting of the penguins just like kind of like did with their feet. Like they just kind of walked over a canvas and they painted something. I'm like, really? I'm like, how much, uh, how much is that worth? I want to buy that off you. I'm, I, I'm a connoisseur of penguin art. <laughs> she was like, are you like, why would you want to buy this? I'm like, it's too long of a story. It's <laughs> hilarious, but dude, now I'm getting tagged and so like Snake Child just tagged me talking about kolaches. You didn't spell it right first off. Um, he said the Hungarian swirling cinnamon bread is the closest thing that he can think of, which dude, that does look freaking amazing. I love bread. Like bread is an addiction, so I will have to try that out, but no, that is not considered a kolache. Okay, I just found out that there's a kolache factory 10 minutes from my house. So, I will be going there later today. Is that like the so, cheesecake factory? Like the cheese, it's just the kolache No, it's like, it's like a donut <laughs> shop, but you gotta, you gotta be aware. Um, kolache factory, yes, they have good kolaches. Are they close to my favorite kolaches? No, they're not like your little mom and pop shop kolache factories. Those are where you get the real bangers. Um, but Kalachi Factory is an okay place to start. They have more of a different style. With a thinner bread, more filling. They do like eggs and stuff in their kolaches too. I'm not a big fan of egg on my kolache. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to give you that heads up. You have many choices. Sounds like it's meant to be, Flip. I mean, you've got multiple things, multiple action items from today's space. You've got... Let's see, you're, you're going to do the flip XYZ, you know, enter, enter in for the pudgy contest there. Um, you're going to do the GameStop, the GME NFT marketplace research. And now you're also going to go and you're going to try out Kalachis. Like you've got a busy slate leading from this combo. It all, it all starts with, it all starts with, the, with your space. That's it. That's it. So if anybody else wants enlightenment, you come up here and you speak and you eventually figure out what you need to do in life. Like, you know, you're sitting there, you're kind of curious, you know, what's going on, what you need to learn more about. And, you know, you start to realize things that you may have never even heard before. Like flip with the Kalachi factory. He is going to go chase after that. He's going to seek it out. It's going to literally change his life. A kolache is like a core choice in, a bre- in your breakfast options, right? You don't really get too many options for breakfast. And kolache factory is just one of those pillars that you – or not kolache factory, but kolaches are just one of those pillars that you can always fall back onto when you don't know what to do for breakfast. How much better are kolaches and biscuits and gravy? Well, why don't you just get a kolache that has biscuits and gravy inside? Yeah, I was about to say, you can get a kolache with sausage and gravy 
inside uh, the Kalachi and those that's very, smash. That's very meta. <laughs> so yeah, you can literally get anything. I don't know. Anyway, it's funny. Like I, I'm surprised we still have nearly 100 people listening. You know, I think we we lost 20 people going into the Kalachi conversation, but I don't care. Like that is alpha that needs to be explored. Yeah, guys, we're in a bear market. There's nothing else to do. It's better. I'd rather talk about kolaches than like trade chop and get wrecked. <laughs> Excuse me, if I may say, um, if I may say something, uh, we have lost the point of the conversation. Here it says NFTs, wonky weekly, and so on and so forth, and we are talking about <laughs> food. So, well, Anton, as the moderator of this conversation, I let the conversation shift directions toward pure alpha if alpha is extracted out of diets and out of you know what can bring joy to a person's soul and kolaches are something that not only are they amazing they can bring joy to the soul so if you're talking about joy to the soul that is something that i will gladly sit there and share not with just the people on stage but the people that are in the audience as well i want them to be revitalized in the midst of something they might see depths of despair the depths of the hurt and the pain of the bear market kolaches are going to be what helps save us along with the wonky stonks and you know the pudgies as well and give a shout out to my pa family as well while we're at it but you know kolaches leading the way that tie us all together that is the gospel that we needed to hear today yeah we got i'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna sorry if i upset you i didn't my my intention was not to upset you man I'm just messing with you, man. I'm just messing with you. Dude, at the next at the next Pudgy event, I'm gonna tell Luca we want we want penguin kolaches. We want kolo- like penguins on the kolaches. Can we do that? Is Burka? Oh, we lost agents and Burka. We lost both mods. Yeah, the, the the kolaches may have been a little bit too much for them, but again, like that's why we're still so early. They weren't prepared for the true alpha, to be honest weren't ready to hear you hey all i'm saying is also since the beginning of this space again you know something that typically happens during these spaces price looked like it was selling off mid-space but man it is bouncing back it is bouncing back hard and heavy while we were talking all hope is not lost quite yet <laughs> do you have to I I just really am excited for the day that we do see expansion of one of these projects that, you know, I'll I'll say another one that looks like, like the pudgy floor to me that I haven't bought into yet, just because I feel like I'm slightly late, but then I feel like usually that means I'm going to regret it. But like the dick butts, like the dick butts, man, have had incredible strength and their chart looks solid right now leading up to it and i know just because of the fact that i haven't bought one yet and i like i know that it's going to explode too i just have that feeling and like how funny is it you know dick butt's about to explode but like that's it's going to be what happens leading into it what are they sitting at right now let me check real quick i think around like two two or something what do you think? Of, what do you think about TA with NFTs? Like, how much of a meme is it, bro? I actually, I've been thinking about this, and this is something, man. Like, corn is, we're we're squeezing high right now. I'm, I'm curious whether or not, like, I'm sorry, I'm watching the charts as I'm um, responding. <laughs> to you, but I, I think that it's 
it's something anton give me just a second ta as far as the nft charts i feel like there's an underrated meme right now where it's something that deserves to be discussed more that i think that if you really start to think about what is ta right technical analysis is studying human emotion at the heart of it and extracting some type of alpha from human emotion and can you create charts with nft floor prices etc the average sales price which is you know what these charts are based on yes i think you can why wouldn't the average sales price of these nfts reflect human emotion with them as well and have some type of credence some type of value to be able to extract the same way that a shitcoin does So that may be an underrated opinion, but I believe it. Now I was just picking up my dog. My dog was pooping, but I was going to say, um, yeah, it's one of those things where I, I feel like if you do, you got to put, you got to turn that on log. You got to turn log on because that shit is volatile. <laughs> That's true, man. But like, you know, looking at the little pudgies, for instance, if the, the little pudgies, if they were a shit coin chart, you know, I don't know anybody that would see that chart and would not be bullish, right? You know, same thing with the big pudgies, but you're sitting there, you're looking at like the floor price of a, like, you know, it accumulated, let's see this all time, like accumulated in a range from like 0.05 to 0.05, you know, the 0.05 range all the way from December through March. And then they broke up and, you know, they averaged around 0.25 at the peak whenever they broke out in early April. And then they've consolidated back around the 0.1 as their baseline for months and months and months. And right now they're creeping back toward an average, you know, they're 0.2 right now, back toward an average of 0.25. You know, it just looks like there's going to be another breakout following that as well to me and it's the same thing with the big pudgies you know like they're really my test thesis of do charts work the same with this in the nft space and i think they do leading you know, you know, we'll see. You know what's even crazier well i could speak about the pudgies because i've just followed the damn thing i've been in there since day one i mean <laughs> it's kind of funny that you can probably use like an analogy with btc and eth for the bigs and the littles the littles um definitely higher beta and they lag um and the big and people keep asking like should I do this should I do that and um, honestly it just depends on I, I feel like you know both co- collections are really just included if you're talking about like fundamentals or whatever you know they're both part of the, you know important parts of the project but um, you know right now like if you buy a bunch of little pudgies like you're probably going to get a better like RR on it but you know you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. Um, you know, just depending and, you know, when when uh, the big pudgies start mooning, like the littles take a while to catch up. But then when they do, you know, they, they really send. And, you know, just because the there's a little bit more supply, but the ratio is so off on that compared to like the BA, you know, the board apes and the mutants. Um, you know, that's probably going to fall in line when the big pudgies eventually get over the double di- digit uh, ETH barrier. But it's, it's just well, funny how like they trade like BTC and ETH. Yeah, I, I mean, it's true, though. You're right. Like, you know, the ecosystem, one part of the ecosystem's not going to do well without the other part doing well. Like, it, it, it all has to be symbiotic. And 
Um, you know, big pudgies will lead the way with that. But, you know, you look at that chart, for instance, with their the bigger pudgies floor chart, you're looking at like around four ETH or three and a half ETH is where the average sales peaked back in August of 21. So about a year ago, um, you know, then it had another peak up in April to 3.8. And then it's kind of, you know, accumulated back down to the base range, gone back up. And, you know, it's approaching that three point something level again. So I, you know, even if it doesn't do it now, say that it takes another you know, a few months to be able to break where it needs to with that. But, you know, whenever it breaks that level, you're then asking yourself, okay, where does price discovery go as far as, you know, the asset is concerned? And I believe it's something that's kind of funny that a lot of people used to say about like, NFTs are just in the early shitcoin days is what people don't realize, right? If you talk about trading an NFT price based on USD, people will laugh at you. But if you convert like the pudgy price back to USD, it's peak price. It peaked out the same both times around 12 to 13K. And right now, 12 to 13K, as far as ETH is concerned, would lead, you know, let's just call it like what a 70th, 80th floor, whatever the heck it is. So you're looking at that 780th floor, that'd be where kind of the next area of you know, accumulation might happen. And then from there, say that it breaks out the same manner past 12K, you know, you're asking yourself, okay, if you're applying TA to that chart and it continues higher, what is the continuation from that? And, you know, you, you can start to look at like a lot of those different things that I think right now, the things, the tools that people might laugh at, there really might be real alpha that can be extracted from it. And charting NFTs in general is just something that I think is not you know really hasn't been explored yet but it will be explored heavily in the future yeah next cycle we're gonna we're gonna see those charts coming out from from everyone <laughs> you gotta you leave away with that shit coin why can't you chart an nft right True. <laughs> yeah no 100 percent. and i mean even some some of these like uh, blue chip collections have more volume than some of these shit coins now which is i guess saying something but exactly Exactly. And that's the thing. The volume is still so early on a lot of these. And so is the price and everything else. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, I guarantee you, Bog, they're going to be NFT derivatives that are figured out at some point in the next uh, market. NFT NFT collateral is going to be more and more of a thing, which will probably have its own 3AC Celsius Luna type effect at one point. But like you know people are going to explore these things because people are greedy and like they want to explore these things because there's potential for money and then you know as long as there's potential for profit people are going to follow that and try to explore and like there will be some bad that comes along with it probably a decent amount of that but with all of that there's going to be a lot of good and a lot of innovation that comes as well So true. I, I saw, I think, I forgot who it was. Um, uh, one, of, one of those uh, accounts yesterday talking about like the reconstitution effect and how like fractionalized NFTs just don't work now. Um, but I'm sure that's like a problem that will probably be solved, um, you know, by the time the next cycle comes along. Cause there's just so many people, so many smart people working on it now. It's just, you know, things that you, you know, that we didn't even thought like that really kind of, conceptualized yet back in like 2017 2018 that happened and you know we put, kind of went in a different direction um where you know some of us with holding some of those shit coins are like oh yeah this is going to be the future or whatever but um there's definitely going to be that i guess the best way to think about it is like you know like the 
the, the if, if it's like a railroad like the tracks are not really down yet like we got the car we got the we got the train but the tracks are kind of getting put down and um you know it, it's just it's it really is early i mean it's it's the first cycle and i mean you could count 2017 with the punks but but that that's like that's probably like the truth for like 2009 and bitcoin like it no one was really like aping into nfts back then and really saw that like wave coming on i guess really the you know the the true like early adopters but i think we're definitely early enough it's it's just kind of figuring out like you know adding to your winners right now is key and kind of if you can cut your losers if there's any if there's any you know volume left you know if there's a, a scam pump or something uh get out if, if you can if you're holding on to some stuff you got to just be honest with yourself because i'm not gonna lie I, I for every like my strike rate with with nfts is pretty bad but um luckily up big on my winners um but yeah i'm, I'm you know everything in my hidden folder i'm gonna try to get rid of at some point between now and uh you know whenever you know hopefully the next bull market you know will revive some of these crappy projects um but we'll see <laughs> we will man we will and um yeah but you know in the meantime that that's the key i think of the theme of the space today is just you know consolidate toward conviction where do you have higher levels of conviction and not necessarily being so great like you know the bear market isn't about greedy quick flips it's just not anymore you know if you are a flipper in the bear market you're going to have a lot higher of a chance of busting your you know like portfolio a lot quicker because especially considering the fact that like right now there are not derivatives for <laughs> nfts you can't short nfts right like it's not something that can be done directly toward a collection um so it's very directional in the way that you can profit with them and it just like when the liquidity dries up in certain things, it dries up fast. And that doesn't always mean death to a project, right? A lot of the times it just means you've got a longer period of time to be able to, you know, consolidate and stack with the conviction. Um, and then when the time picks up, because of there is, you know, <laughs> after a while with there being a lack of liquidity, what it leads to as soon as that, you know, spark ignites, the way these projects can grow happens so quickly. And like that is still sitting there. It's a powder keg and it'll sit dormant for a long time. You know, it can sit dormant for a long time, but all it takes is one spark for the right project to be able to gain that momentum and to be able to set off and ignite. Yeah. So uh, you had made one point where I was just kind of thinking about it um, back in like February, um, March before kind of things really went south. I, I, you know, with, with the collection I have, I have a bunch of rares. I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of these um, because, you know, it just didn't feel, you know, even if I sell them and flip them, I just won't be able to get them back. And I think that the multiple will eventually, you know, be worth it. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me try to short. I can't short NFTs. Let me try shorting ETH. And then I'm like, wait a second, let me try shorting looks. Cause you know, what do you think about shorting exchanges as like a hedge to holding bag, holding your NFTs? I mean, like definitely can play in, right? But it all goes back to, you know, it's just dangerous, man, because it depends on the time of the market where say that NFT volume is completely dead and things are dying. But, you know, you're looking at like where we were last October, where, you know, later on in October, really November, I guess would be better, better said, 
there were a few projects that might have started to pick up, but like still NFTs, you know, weren't doing a lot. Board Apes were still sitting in the 30 to 40 ETH range. And, you know, a lot of the market was boring there with it. But I still think that you'd look at projects that might, you know, looks wasn't out yet, but other projects that might be kind of proxies as close as you can get. And I think a lot of them were still doing relatively well because Bitcoin was doing well. So, like, I just don't know. A lot of the time, that's the weird thing about underlying tokenomics versus just the pure fundamentals of what is actually behind the project. You know, a lot of the time, these prices will just, you know, perform as a mirror to BTC regardless, right? So, right now, with BTC being weak, then, you know, all of these obviously have seen major declines, but doesn't necessarily mean that I think that they'll always trade directionally with the volume. You know, obviously, eventually they should catch up, but it's one of those things. Just make sure to position yourself to where you can be patient with those positions entering into them, too. For sure. And I'm not talking about it right now, obviously, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking in the future because that's going to be like a question for people, you know, in the next cycle. And you can't really truly like have a one for one hedge and especially with ETH, because if you short ETH with an equal amount of, let's say, the floor price of your portfolio, it won't matter because, you know, it gets undercut. And what's the true floor price? Right. And, you know, you, we saw like, you know, the floors go down as well as the ETH price. So it compounds the, the move. So, you know, it, it's there's a kind of a levered effect, um, you know, holding the NFT and what you need to do to hedge it. So. Um, it's just kind of interesting. And I'm like wondering, like, if anyone tried hedging or, you know, on the way down and, you know, was in a similar situation or kind of what they would do moving forward. And, you know, there'll probably be more like tools at our disposal next time around to, to do something like that. But I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out like what that would even kind of look like. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know. There, I'm telling you what it really goes back to me about as far as you know, again, saying NFTs have the most opportunity leading into the next bull market is it's all about like one. Okay. Where, where's regulation most heavily concentrated? NFTs are not there. Where is development in the infrastructure currently heavily most dedicated? Like NFTs aren't necessarily there yet. Right. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that's happening right now aren't by larger corporations. They're mom and pop guys that, you know, they started off flipping some NFTs, got, did well, and then started, you know, business with their friends. Right. Like that's where we are right now in the cycle for it. Like not a ton of regulation and there's not a ton of, you know, heavy, heavy big names that have created their own thing outside of, I guess, GameStop. Now GameStop is in there, but, you know, some of the other larger, more legitimate names haven't really even looked at it yet. You know, they're still laughing at it. And I think that down the road, you know, you look at a combination of just how easy it is for retail to be able to cling on to it and how retail can grow. All it's going to take is one next bull run to be able to ignite this again and ignite it like it's never seen before. I'm telling you, man, it will do multiples and blow everyone's expectation away. What we saw with volume and what we saw with stuff take off in the last bull market, this next one like is going to completely, completely put it to shame. And like, it's just a matter of being patient. Can you survive the next couple of years to get there? And if you can survive the next like couple of years to be able to see that, you're going to see that type of growth. And the one thing I want to clarify is it's not necessarily going to be with all your dead bags. Right. There's going to be a lot of dead bags that stay dead. So that's why high conviction plays now are important. For sure. 
And just one more side point. What do you, how is like OpenSea like maintain, like, is the first mover advantage that strong? It's kind of like really Coinbase or can't think of like another really kind of good, you know, example of like how the hell are they like the leaders? And, you know, there's just, there's so many other changes where I think, you know, they, they've impl- like looks, looks actually, you know, implement, implemented a lot of like things that Coinbase, I mean, um, OpenSea was slacking on and, you know, I'm wondering if if there is another exchange that kind of like overtakes them next cycle. Yes, they're just gonna. OpenSea will not be the leader next cycle. I will say that right now. There's no way in my mind that that happens. It's like, you know, where whenever Poloniex and Bitrix were around, and those were the predominant leaders for shit coins, right? Like, you know, Polo was the leader. Then Bitrix came along. They were the leader, and like. You know, Bitrix for a certain period of time, I was like, dude, there's no way anyone's taking away their volume. They're like, this is where you trade shit coins. That's where all the movers happened. And then this like less lesser known Chinese syndicate called Binance pops up and like a few people start trading on it. And then Bitrix, you know, reaches capacity and crashes so many times that eventually everybody's like, well, F it, I'm going to try Binance. And then Binance eventually takes off. And, you know, it, same thing with like BitMEX and FTX, where FTX had their opportunity. They did a few things differently. Nobody thought BitMEX was going to lose their first mover advantage. And eventually they did. But that didn't stop them from having several really good years before that happened. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just crazy because, you know, like you, I was reading something how they they got rid of, you know, 20% of their workers. I'm like, with all the capital they raised, I'm sure it was just an excuse to get rid of dead weight. But I'm like, how, like they should be flush with cash. They, I don't know what the hell they're spending it on. Yeah, um, that was actually when I learned that OpenSea had real employees. I didn't even know they could lay off 20%. I mean, unless it was just like one person. Um, I can see that twenty <laughs> percent. Yeah, the only, I thought the only way you can get fired from OpenSea is front running all your users. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and only after being exposed to it for a numerous amount of days. Easel, I see you got your hand up. What's going on, man? How you guys doing? What's going on? It's a little hot in man. man. I got um. Uh, just wanted to. I've been talking to to T about the the hub for the the wonky stonks, and wanted to take this moment to, you know, reach out to the community that I'll be looking for testers and some feedback for some of the community members that you know really engage with the wonkies. Um, I think we'll set up a little channel to, you know, have have the the feedback and like testing. And also some characters, some members of the community that I, I would like to like immortalize in the game. You know, it's a game slash hub because there'll be utility built in, but there's going to be a little gameplay. So, you know, I think it'll be fun to have maybe some, you know, some good guys, some bad guys in there um, that are part of the community. And I wanted to, you know, pin a little, a little bit of, you know, a little preview of what the, the spaceship looks like. Um, I think I just posted it. Super stoked, man. Count, definitely count me in uh, as a tester and to be immortalized in the game as well. <laughs> count me in. Yeah, I just pinned uh, Kaleo's secret wallet um, that 
is buying little budgies. JK, JK. It's probably, but it has to be like, it's like a handful of people, but huge Chad. Is that okay if I go and pin the, the hub? Yeah, pin it, bro. Yeah, pin man, it. of course. Pin it and sh- shoot it out there. Hey, and DM me directly, man. I'd love to look into it a little bit more, too. Definitely, man. We're going to need your boys for something yes. that I have in mind. <laughs> I want to give it a spin. I'm excited about that. Yeah, if y'all don't know, um, the Alpha, Easelbot's been working on a sandbox for the uh, wonky stonk community. Basically, the uh, his... You know, his metaverse version for the wonkies. So I, I'm excited to see, you know, what he's been working on, man. It's been all, all the uh, stuff he's dropped have been pretty sick. So uh, I'm excited for it, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's up there. You know, it's a, it's a little glimpse. I tried to keep things uh, as quiet as possible in the meantime. But I uh, definitely appreciate, you know, some members coming in. And also you can, uh, you know, give you like the bigger picture of what this um, is turning out to be. Yeah, man, I'm hyped. Bro, is Solana down right now? I'm just curious. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. I don't know. Like, I did, a, I, did a small, I did a small transfer earlier today, and, like, typically it happens in a few seconds, you know? And it's just, like, I confirmed the address and confirmed a lot of other things, and it's just sat out there on chain. I, I was just sending over enough for basically like putting an ETH in the wallet to be able to um, to be able to buy my little pudgies for the day, <laughs> and it's just kind of like sat out in space for about like eight hours now. And I'm like, well, fuck! If Solana's not down, I have no idea what the hell is happening with this. So I don't know. We'll see. Why is there not a website that's like is it's like you know is DMX in jail or I think there is. DMX? I think no, there, there is. is a Solana down tracker. Ah, sure. Okay. Yeah, the, this would be I think number thirteen for the year. So that'd be like an average of two per month. Imagine um, having like a Solana phone where you just don't get service <laughs> for a day, bro. That'd be the best work phone though. Like especially if you got a boss that's on your ass all the time. Yeah, it's like you just like shrug, like, I don't know, man. Sam didn't want me to go to that meeting. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Be a good excuse to get out of work, though. I'm sorry, boss. My my phone just goes down on occasions. I didn't get the text. Oh, man. Yeah. Solana phone is another one that I still keep meaning to look into a little bit more. You know, it just, here's the deal, man. I, I really think Solana has a high chance of success this next bull market if it can continue to make the improvements that you know the team and everybody else is obviously working toward. But I don't think it's going to be quite as easy to get out of beta as what it may seem. I still think they are literally years away from getting out of beta, like years away from being able to solve some of those issues. So in the meantime, you know, the sacrifice that you pay for being early on something that has potential for that type of disruption is you know the the downs <laughs> the the uh, periods where the network are down and also the risk that you know they never do figure it out and that there is shit that does happen and you know it, understanding it is a bit more centralized at the moment to make it work the way that it works but again there you know obviously I it's not one of those things where I'm I'm going to say that they'll never get it figured out because 
you know, I, I think there's a decent chance that they do. But Solana is just like one of those big question marks as far as everything goes, where I think it's going to succeed. But, you know, I wonder if it'll ever have its moment where it does blow up. And if it does, what that would look like across. And like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get crucified by some Solana Maxi for even saying any of this shit right now. But like, you know, it, it's in the back of my mind that like, you know, one day you could potentially see that Solana collapse. And like, what would that look like for shit coins across, you know, everything? Yeah, you're going to get a wall of text DM right now from a Solana Maxi. I, I've got both the Solana follow, founders that follow me. Like, I've talked to them. <laughs> so, but it's just, you know, that is a big question mark that I have. And again, obviously somebody's going to share some articles with me for why that'll never happen. But, you know, there's always believers of a project that, you know, they'll believe it'll never happen. And they're blinded. They have blind spots and something eventually can make it happen. So we'll see. Again, like, I think a lot of potential for disruption if it does work out, but again, just not quite as sure of a bet as ETH, which again, people, dude, I, I'm really digging a hole right now. I'm just working, <laughs> I'm being too political with my statements. No, man, it's, it's good that you brought that up because I've been seeing too much ETH slander by the Solana community uh, over these past two weeks. So, uh, no, it's actually, your comments are definitely welcome. I will say that's why, like, primarily I'm more interested in ETH NFTs than I am Solana NFTs, though. No, yeah, 100%. Me, I got maybe, I mean, I barely have any uh, Solana NFTs. I do, they do develop there. You know, there are good, well thought out projects that reside on uh, Solana, but. I do see myself favoring ETH nine times out of ten. Nine out of ten, yeah. You know, again, it, it's that one though where you're betting a little bit more upon, like, and that one might may be the one that ends up leading you toward financial freedom because that bet did pay off. It was a little bit riskier, but at the same time, you know, shit got figured out. And that, like clarifying for everybody on here, I really, I do think Solana is going to be one of those leaders into the next bull run. I really do. I just, there are some question marks where I don't, yeah, they, they have to eventually be answered. So we'll see with all of that. Um, I don't know, man. It's been kind of fun doing a different day for the space, a little Monday afternoon action rather than, you know, the, uh, the Friday, Saturday that we typically stick to. So I appreciate everybody that's been able to hop on here. I didn't realize what time it was getting to. We've already gone through two hours with, without me even noticing. Um, so, Let's see. Did you we end what? up doing a giveaway for this space? Yeah. Or? You know what I'm going to do just for the sake of it? And you guys can do whatever you want with it. I'll, I'll give away one stonk to everybody on stage right now for y'all coming up. Dude, oh. I have too many. Don't give me. I'm going to give it to you and you'll give it to somebody else. Oh, I don't okay. Care. You, okay. You can give it away. Like I said, All give right. it away. Right. Engagement farm with it. 
<laughs> do something yeah, with like, it. Give it to all somebody seven, that you all want seven to be people part of. In, that are on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, or Bog, you can pick somebody right now in the crowd for me to give it to. Oh boy! To all right. Um, am I biased if I give it to a penguin? I probably am, but yeah, do it. I don't care. All right. Uh, let's give it to uh, Fifi. Okay, to who? You know what? DM me. Okay. Get the, get their address for me. DM it to me, and I'll send right. it to them. Yeah, Fifi, get give me your address. And now let's all go. of a sudden, I have people requesting to come up the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, you other guys, DM me your address. I'll shoot it over to you. And it's been a good space, y'all. I appreciate you guys coming up here, and uh, you know, we'll do this again probably Friday. That's Friday's the goal. So take it easy. Um, stick the high conviction plays. Don't get wrecked tomorrow for the for the Fed. Don't don't try trading that right away. Don't yeah. get Darth mauled. That's a good point. I'm going to set up another space, not not an NFT one, but another one talking through all that. So um, we'll be back on stage tomorrow with something else too. So it's been really yeah, awesome. Yeah. Tune in tomorrow for uh, or not tomorrow Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday, yes, Wednesday, the... room one ten. Uh, I will be there Wednesday for with room one ten. If you don't follow room one ten. A lot of good guys. I'm hopping on their uh, their space this Wednesday afternoon, so be on the lookout for that as well. So you can just click on my profile and uh, find the link to the Twitter page and uh, my profile bio as well. Uh, but great having everyone on today. Great conversations. Go try Kalachi if you haven't yet. I yeah, I haven't had lunch. I'm gonna look for a Kalachi <laughs> place in Chicago. If anyone knows a Kalachi place in Chicago, DM me. If I may say uh, something, please. Uh, I just want to thank you uh, for the opportunity and uh, have a great night from London and see you next time, guys. Thank you.